Hello, this is Ayan from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 20th of May. Listeners, before I begin, I would like to inform you that the audio quality may not be up to the mark since we at News Laundry are recording all our podcasts from home. Do bear with us while we try our best to keep you updated. In the country's highest single day jump so far, India reported 5611 new cases of the novel coronavirus in the last 24 hours. 140 deaths were reported from different parts of the country during the same period. According to data from the Union Health Ministry, till 8 a.m. this morning, India's tally of coronavirus infections stood at 1,6750, which included a death count of 3,303 people. A total of 42,297 people have been discharged and cured so far and one patient has migrated. Globally, there are only 10 countries now with more cases than India. Maharashtra continues to remain the worst affected state with 37,136 cases and 1,325 deaths. The state added a total of 2,127 cases including 1,411 from Mumbai alone to its tally in the last 24 hours. 76 deaths due to COVID-19 were reported in the same period. Considering the adverse situation, the municipal commissioner in Mumbai, IS Chahal, has now instructed that for every COVID-19 patient, BMC's contact tracers must identify at least 10 high-risk and low-risk contacts. The order came after the municipal commissioner's visit to M East Ward in Govandi and Mankhurd, a COVID-19 hotspot with dense population on Sunday. Mumbai has over 21,000 COVID-19 cases while the death toll in the city stands at 750. On Tuesday afternoon, chaos prevailed outside the Bandra terminus after hundreds of migrant workers arrived there following rumors that the railways was planning to run an additional train to North India later in the day. The local police, however, allowed only 1,700 of the registered migrants to enter the station premises who were then allowed to board the Shramik special train that was to leave for Bihar. Listeners if you remember a similar incident happened about a month back when thousands of migrants gathered near the Bandra bus depot visuals showed hordes of people shouting and jostling near the depot for more than an hour the police eventually had to lathi charge to disperse the gathering as it violated lockdown norms however as the incident took place near a mosque a number of tv news channels attempted to give it a communal twist a number of conspiracies were alleged Many TV channels hinted that the migrants were provoked to gather there by anti-government forces in order to create chaos. They alleged that the migrants did not actually want to go home as they did not have any luggage. Some anchors even went to the extent of suggesting they were hired actors. Such accusations by the news channels were a direct insult to the hardships of lakhs of migrants across the country who have been struggling for food and accommodation during the lockdown. When a distorted picture of the ground reality was shown by the channels news laundry as an independent media organization committed to facts decided to go to the bottom of the issue and after a detailed investigation our correspondent Pratik Goel brought out what actually happened contrary to the claims of some tv channels there was little evidence of any pre-planned conspiracy behind the large gathering desperate to go home the migrants gathered at the bus depot to speak with government officials and demand for trains to home states The incident shows the ever-growing importance of independent news organizations as the big media fails to do its job on many occasions. Over the years we have been able to continue our work independently only because of your constant support. 
Our work is funded solely through subscriptions from our listeners, viewers, and readers. We do not take any advertisements because we believe when the advertisers pay, the advertisers are served. But when the public pays, the public is served. We have different subscription packages and the details are available on our website with the minimum one starting at 300 rupees a month. So go to our website, hit the subscribe button and pay to keep news free. Following Maharashtra, Tamil Nadu has the second highest number of cases at 12,448. But with a relatively lower death rate, 84 people have died of COVID-19 in the state. Gujarat has recorded a total of 12,140 cases and 719 deaths. The state has the highest number of people living in containment zones, that is 31 lakhs. In the national capital, the case tally has touched 11,088, including 176 deaths, with 534 new cases reported in the last 24 hours. This is the biggest single-day jump in the number of cases in the city so far. Delhi's health department, in a letter to all district magistrates, has however red-flagged the fact that even though coronavirus cases are rising in the city, the number of containment zones is going down. Orisha is emerging as a point of concern with a total of 978 cases and 5 deaths. After a surge in COVID-19 cases with the return of migrants to the state, the Orisha government now faces the additional challenge of bracing for supercyclone Amphan while keeping social distancing in mind. In the Northeast, the Tripura government has claimed it has the highest recovery rate of coronavirus in the country as 116 out of the total 173 COVID-19 patients in the state have been treated and discharged from isolation. Tripura Law Minister Ratan Lal Nath said that while the national average for recovery rate is currently 39%, Tripura stands at 68.83%. Meghalaya reported a new case yesterday. This came just a day after the state declared zero active cases. Chief Minister Conrad Sangma informed that the person was from Garo Hills and had recently returned from Chennai. The patient has been put in institutional quarantine in Tura. Meanwhile, Kerala has added 139 COVID-19 cases in the last 10 days. But the state government has ruled out community spread of the virus based on the results of random testing done on 5,630 samples of which only four tested positive. In another development from Kerala, a team of 105 medical professionals has left from the state to the United Arab Emirates to help treat COVID-19 patients. The team left this morning from the Cochin International Airport on a specially chartered Etihad aircraft. In phase 3 of Operation Samudra Setu, the Indian Navy will start bringing home Indian nationals stranded in Sri Lanka. INS Jalashwa will make its first voyage to Colombo and return on June 1. This comes after the Navy brought stranded Indians back from the Maldives in batches recently. 168 Indian cruise ship members landed in Goa this morning after boarding a chartered flight from Italy. The crew members were working with the Messrs. Costa Cruise Company and they had been stranded abroad owing to the lockdown in India. The Goa International Airport tweeted informing that the process of testing of the passengers would commence shortly. This was the first repatriation flight to Goa, bringing stranded Indians from a foreign country. Around 500 personnel from the Kolkata Police Combat Force staged a protest in the city on Tuesday against their deployment in COVID-19 containment zones, as the chances of contracting the disease were high. According to a report by news agency PTI, the protesters vandalized the vehicle of the Deputy Commissioner of Police Combat Battalion, Colonel Nevendra Singh Paul, after he tried to converse with them. Railway Minister Piyush Goel on Tuesday announced that 200 regular non-EC trains will run daily across the country from June 1. 
while the routes are being finalized these trains are likely to run between cities with large migrant populations such as surat ahmedabad delhi and hyderabad and states such as uttar pradesh and bihar which are home to most of these migrant workers the minister added that online ticket booking for the trains will start soon the indian council of medical research on tuesday released a report titled standard guidelines for medical legal autopsy in covid-19 deaths in india 2020 The ICMR has advised healthcare professionals to adopt a non-invasive autopsy technique while handling dead bodies as the coronavirus can survive in a body for a period of time. The virus's survival gradually decreases but the specific duration is yet to be ascertained. Let's move on to some international news on the coronavirus pandemic. According to Johns Hopkins University's global tracker, over 4.9 million people have been infected with the coronavirus worldwide. The death toll has exceeded 323,000. The most number of cases and fatalities continue to be from the United States. The country has reported more than 1.5 million cases and almost 92,000 deaths. Amid the spiking numbers, President Donald Trump has said that it's a badge of honor that the country has the world's highest number of confirmed COVID-19 infections. Trump said that this reflected that the country's testing rate was much higher and much better. Trump made these comments at the White House following the first cabinet meeting since the outbreak. Following the United States, the United Kingdom has reported over 35,000 deaths out of more than 250,000 confirmed cases so far. The death tolls in Italy and France have exceeded 32,000 and 28,000 respectively. However, in terms of cases, Western European countries were recently left behind by Russia and Brazil. Russia has more than 3,8,000 people infected by the virus. Brazil has reported nearly 272,000 cases so far. The South American country reported more than 1,000 deaths in a single day from coronavirus for the first time on Tuesday. The death toll now stands close to 18,000 in Brazil. In a concerning development, the World Bank president David Malpass warned that up to 60 million people around the world will be pushed into extreme poverty by the coronavirus pandemic. The World Bank defines extreme poverty as living on less than $1.9 per person per day. The Washington-based bank is offering a total of $160 billion in grants and low-interest loans to help the poor countries tackle the crisis. The president informed that 100 countries, home to 70% of the world's population, had already been granted emergency finance. Malpass further said the bank expects global economic growth to shrink by 5% this year as nations deal with the pandemic. The World Health Assembly virtually held its 73rd session over the last 2 days. As the global toll of the coronavirus crossed 320,000, a resolution to probe the origin of the virus and to evaluate the role of the World Health Organization was passed by an overwhelming support of around 130 countries including India at the assembly. Let's now move on to some other news and updates. Cyclone Amphan, the strongest storm on record in the Bay of Bengal, began landfall this afternoon in West Bengal at around 2:30 p.m. According to the weather department's Bhubaneswar branch, the landfall process will continue for around 4 hours. Heavy rain and strong winds continued across coastal districts of Orissa and West Bengal earlier in the day. More than 4 lakh people have been evacuated from the coastal areas in both the states. Meanwhile, neighboring Bangladesh reported its first casualty from the cyclone. A Bangladesh Red Crescent volunteer drowned as his boat capsized while he was attempting to evacuate stranded villagers in Kutna. Amphan weakened in intensity from a super cyclone to an extremely severe cyclonic storm on Tuesday. 
it now lies centered about 120 kilometers east southwest of Paradeep in Orisha. The Indian Meteorological Department in Kolkata has said that the storm is likely to retain its intensity till Thursday morning. Nepal Prime Minister K.P. Oli on Tuesday asserted that he will reclaim the Kalapani Limpivadhura Lipulek area at the tri-junction of Nepal, India and Tibet as it belongs within his country's territory. The remarks came a day after Oli's cabinet endorsed a new political map that shows the three areas are in Nepal's territory. The territorial dispute began after the Indian government issued an official map last year, including the Kalapani and Lipulek area that Nepal regards as its own. The tension escalated further after India recently inaugurated the 80-kilometer road in Uttarakhand, which connects close to the line of actual control and opens a new route for Kailash Mansarovar Yatra via the Lipulekh Pass. Nepal has repeatedly claimed this was a breach of an agreement between the two countries. But India, on its part, has maintained that the new route is completely within the territory of the country. The head of NASA's human spaceflight program, Doug Lovero, has stepped down just days before a historic launch. NASA announced that Lovero resigned on Monday, less than a year after his appointment. Next week, astronauts Bob Benken and Doug Hurley will travel to the International Space Station. The launch involves a rocket and spacecraft made by the private firm SpaceX. This will be the first crewed mission to depart from the US soil in almost a decade. While Mr. Lovero offered no explanation, he told the news website that his decision to leave the agency was unrelated to the upcoming launch. Now his deputy Ken Bowersox will become the acting head of the human spaceflight program. India's health minister Dr. Harshvardhan will be appointed the chairman of the World Health Organization's executive board on May 22. He will succeed Dr. Hiroki Nakatani of Japan, who is the current chairman of the 34-member WHO executive board. Global carbon emissions are set to see their steepest fall this year since World War II thanks to lockdown measures enforced by countries around the world to contain the spread of the novel coronavirus. The Center for International Climate and Environmental Research, in its evaluation of the pandemic's effect on carbon emissions, has predicted that emissions will fall between 4.2 and 7.5% as compared to last year. A rise of 1% emission was earlier predicted for 2020 before the COVID-19 outbreak. But the decline in carbon emissions does not mean that it would slow down the climate change. According to Glenn Peters of the Research Center, even if emissions go down 5% this year overall, given that climate change is a cumulative problem, it basically makes no difference at all. He added that a 5% drop is equivalent to 0.001 degrees Celsius less warming. Now, it's time for some homegrown stuff from newslaundry.com. Listeners, every week in our latest podcast offering NL versus NL, we get two people for a time debate where they battle it out with their wits and arguments on a chosen subject. It is a part of our efforts to increase direct interaction with our subscribers and we have quite a few episodes by now. In the latest one, two of our subscribers, Gunj Mohan and Ashwarya Mahesh, debate the age-old question, which is better, tea or coffee? Listen to them and tell us who you agree or disagree with and why. You can write to us at contact at newslaundry.com. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you are listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. 
To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.